0: Lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated US based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let Lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save twenty five percent off your first year on Lifelock Ultimate Plus at Lifelock.com aware. Terms apply.
1: Hey, I figured out yesterday, boys, why the internet was created. Please tell me. Besides Elmo? Uh no. No? Uh, Not not necessarily the Internet. I should say I understand why Twitter exists now called X in some circles. The only reason that it exists is to have conversations about should you foul up three or on fourth and two from the other team's 30 do you go for to kick a field goal. That's the only reason why Twitter exists. That's it. I'm, I'm convinced. That's it. I am absolutely convinced. It gets the most threads. It's the uh, it's that that's the discussion. Like what 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 is uh, what are you more likely to engage in, like just on social media, to turn it into a cesspool, going dying on a hill of foul when you're up three, yep, or fourth and two on the opponent's thirty going forward or kicking a forty-seven yard field goal, because that's what X has turned into this week. Hmm. Because last night we had an incident in college basketball. Where do you decide to foul up three? Kentucky? Hmm? Or, I have no idea. I, I don't. Did you see the end of the Bucks blazers game? I did not know. Doc Rivers, what are we doing? Oh, we got a Doc Rivers story? Good. Oh, Doc's 0-2 is a Bucs. Yeah, I picked up where he left off. Well, they got beat. So, Dame returned to Portland last mm-hmm. night. And Portland played really, really well. And, you know, Portland's only won 14 games this year. But, they... You know Portland's up three, and so <laughs> Milwaukee. You know they don't have any timeouts, so they can't advance the ball. They inbounded to Giannis, who is a sixty-four percent free throw shooter. And what happens? Portland fouls him. Wh- what 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 are we doing, Milwaukee? <laughs> Why would you inbound to Giannis, yeah. knowing that Portland's going to foul him? Right. Just that's a Doc Rivers move. Yeah. But anytime there is a foul up three discussion, I watch from afar because it gets heated. What like other, the fade on first and goal at the one,
0: the fourth and two one always uh, creates. Especially it did on Sunday, but uh, also, I, I always love where the sit back. I would do the exact same thing because of the context that would be involved and in. everyone's sort of their their purpose is. I don't care what the context is. This is how I feel. I would go for it, or I would take the points. And yet this is where we just throw all that out there all that context out there of like well, well, wait what if you don't have the most reliable field goal kicker or uh, what if you've you know you've got a great offensive line and and a running game that has averaged easily over you know four yards a carry mm-hmm. or you know, all those things that that play into it or hey, you know what offense isn't very good you got to take the points where you can get them you know the, the, the context never seem, seems to really matter in those conversations that's why it's a lot of fun because then when you start to throw that in there, people don't want to hear it yeah that's a good
1: conversation to have. Uh, so yesterday, actually late in the afternoon, uh, the college football portal window at Boston College is open. You guys scoured the roster to see if there's anybody that Nebraska would be interested in?
0: I was not looking at the, the BC uh, after It's the, like looking the, at email. the loser guy to Green Bay. So
1: Jeff Hafley leaves yesterday as the head coach at Boston College, and he is now the new defensive coordinator with the Green Bay Packers. Very interesting. Uh, Boston College. So Halfley is a former defensive coordinator at Ohio State. When he left Ohio State, I was like, I really like that guy. And he went to Boston College. He had some early success mm-hmm. for Boston College standards. But he was the first, the first Power 5 offer. Jeff Halfley, all of a sudden, in the middle of Nebraska and Kearney, drops an offer on Harburg. And you're like, and and actually, it was it kind of kickstarted Nebraska getting more involved with Harburg. So, credit to Jeff Halfley yeah. for Heinrich Harburg coming to Nebraska. But he leaves yesterday and, you know, we're in the the hot take world of what this means for the sport, I I think it means that he was on the hot seat at Boston College and it's more about Boston College than it is the college football landscape with coaches in this particular case, is my read on it. But it became, well, college football is broken, so guys like Halfley are going to go to the pros and they're going to leave a power five job. Well, not so fast, my friends. He's a guy that was in the NFL, Mm -hmm. and then he came to college. Uh, Guys that are in the NFL that come down to college have a tendency to go back to the NFL. The guys that start in college, dabble in the NFL, really never go back to the NFL. So I think this is more about Boston College and his tenure there of, I'm going to get out before the posse shows up, I'm going to go to the NFL, back to the NFL be a defensive coordinator. And it's a bad look for Boston College. Really, really bad look for Boston College because can they compete in the
0: new world of college athletics with football? Well, and What are they going to do with their roster now, this year, too? Because now you're into that window where you've got everybody has that opportunity now to go after the roster that they have. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not sitting there looking like, ooh, that's this guy. Nebraska, you need to get this guy, too. That was a 7-16 last year, and you know, from the standpoint of the position it puts, BCN, I mean, we saw this with Michigan, good thing for them that they actually had a a coach in waiting for the most part that could keep the continuity piece of it as much intact as you can. But can programs like Boston College can they do that? And you know, are they able to all of a sudden be like, "Hey, we know we got a good thing here. We're going to be able to keep it together by, promoting this guy or we're going to look for this guy to make sure we're not losing our entire roster. And yeah, and then you talk about But isn't it isn't it tough? Like
1: let's look at the calendar. It's February 1. Right. Where are you transferring to? See, because I, you can't go to school. I mean, I I'm glad you brought I, that most, up. Most most places are not like the Nebraska system where you didn't begin until the 22nd of January. Right. So Your drop ad for the winter or the spring semester, i got to imagine around the country, is over. And if not, your options would be very,
0: very limited to transfer at this time. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because when this happened with Alabama, remember when Saban retired, classes had begun that that Monday uh, before he did. And when they talked about the Michigan part of it too, I thought the exact same thing of, Okay, yeah, I understand the the panic of trying to keep your your roster intact and not losing these guys to the transfer portal. But anybody who goes to the transfer portal, it's not like they get some special waiver where they can enroll late in that semester. Like th- you would have to wait until the fall semester, correct, or at least to the summer term to be able to yep. to get eligible. So I would think that that does act as a deterrent. But it, it was really never brought up. And so it is it is a very it's a non ideal time if you're on Boston College's roster, your coach parts for the NFL, and you're now thinking of greener pastures or just, you know, naturally looking for another place to play. Yet I uh, well, I'd say hundred percent now. as we're in February first, hundred percent of those schools in the power five have already begun the, the spring semester. So you're not gonna be you're not gonna be part of that. And isn't that the whole thing when it comes to a transfer? You wanna be in as early as possible. So then what are you supposed to do? Okay, you stick around. You do spring with Boston College or with Michigan or with Alabama, and then you're keeping your options open for the you know, the following semester. I would think that that would make for a very uh, unproductive development period for your spring and also very uncertain future of what you're doing without having tampering involved. Isn't it uh, amazing
1: that we have shifted where college athletes have more freedom of movement than pro- professional athletes?
0: Yeah. And that was the thing that i think we all at least i did like i always enjoyed growing up and there was always that maybe to an extent tired narrative of this is why the college game is so great because they want to get to that payday and they want to get to that opportunity to where they don't have to be with the same organization their entire career they can move they can chase the money now you see it kind of going back the other way to where college football is nfl light
1: that's what it is i mean we're we're, we're in a weird spot because of yesterday. You have Tennessee and Virginia suing the NCAA. Mm-hmm. There are, it's just going to create more chaos. And, and again, I, I'm not buying into this is this is where the world of college football is going that a guy from Boston College is leaving. You have to look. He, every situation is different. His situation is completely different because he was an NFL guy that came back to college and probably was going to get fired if he didn't have a good year. Mm-hmm. So he's like, meh, you know what? Being the defensive coordinator of the Packers, not a bad gig. So he leaves. And, and, hey, don't cry for me, Argentina. There are people that will line up to take the Boston College job. Will they be noteworthy at this time of the year? Ah, maybe not. But there's people that are going to line up to do that. Does college football need fixing? Are some coaches worn out? Is Nick Saban at 72 like, man, I can't do it anymore? Yeah, that's real. That's real because you have to adapt. But mm-hmm. my job is different six years later than it was back in 2018. We all have to adapt. It's whether you like it or not. Yep. Okay. Whether you can put up with it. Whether you can still be successful. And do you have guardrails to help you in boundaries? That's the biggest That's the thing. Key, yeah. That's what's going on right now in college athletics. Is Not everybody is playing by the same rules. Mm-hmm. State by state. Look at NIL. Not everybody is together. That's kind of part of the Tennessee and Virginia thing. Is We're not all being treated the same. I think coaches love college football. With all the stuff that goes on. Recruiting and... NIL, they just want some boundaries. Mm-hmm. If you give them boundaries and you give them some guardrails and you give somebody that enforces rules when somebody steps out of those, then I'm good. College football is still good. I I just hate the. This happened yesterday. Now college football is broken. You think you think Matt Rule gonna go back to the NFL?
0: Oh, he's I mean, not yesterday. He's still young. He celebrated
1: his birthday yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he's still young. <laughs> so I I, I I'm. I'm looking at this differently. Yes, college football needs some fixing, but just because a guy at Boston College left might say more about Boston College than it does the industry as a whole.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think that's where college football is right now. is It's in a it's in a period right now where there isn't when it comes to those those new adjustments for coaches. There's no direction at all. There absolutely isn't because I also I'm not naive to think that even if there were more concrete boundaries that were set up, which I think the game desperately needs. It, you're you're still going to have people that are going to skirt that as much as they can. That's just that's that's trying to win. Okay, that's the competitive business that it is. But I also do think most coaches understand that if they do exist, it gives them a roadmap. It gives them a direction of where they can spend a lot of their focus on as opposed to not worrying about as the other things as much. I mean, I talk about it all the time of Re-recruiting your own roster, making sure that other people aren't reaching out to your your current roster. Yeah, we know that that's not supposed to happen, but is it being enforced to the point that it's it's really putting it out there to not do that? There, there's so many things about. I don't want to. Again, I'm not going to try to. I don't want to cue the violin for for coaches. You make a lot of money, especially if you're successful, but the job itself, it's so much more demanding, and that's fine. You're right. If you're somebody that feels like you can adjust with the times, you can adjust with name image likeness, you can adjust with the transfer portal, and basically a free agency of college football, maybe you love that. Maybe you love the idea of being able to, to benefit from that too. You just need some type of deterrent, some type of guardrail that is actually going to give you some direction. Is going to give other teams, your competitors, your peers direction of what you can and can't do and then you can go from there and then yeah if someone steps out of line that there is major enforcement that there is something that is a a clear message set that hey you can't do this it's clearly stated right here we just don't know who's going to enforce that right absolutely and that's a big problem right now see I think uh, I know coaches are agitated
1: about the new world of of uh, really across the board We're we're just kind of focused on football but just being a college coach in general because of name, image, likeness, and the portal. I bet, though, if we sat every coach down, what, 133 Division One, is that right? Mm-hmm. Says, is it worth it? How many are going to say no? Very few. Look in the mirror and go, is it worth it?
0: Yeah, very few are going to say no. Mm-hmm. So, again, at the end of the day, the desire, the the motivation is there. It's if you if you are concerned about the sport, if you see things like coaches leaving at the time that they're leaving and then that transfer portal window opening up. And I remember we we heard this about when Alabama and then knowing that, you know, likely Michigan was going to open up too, that's where I heard probably to a fever pitch of the system's broken, college football's broken and we need to fix it. And it was because you had one in particular in Alabama, a major, major brand, one that has, has been the model of success for over a decade now, and then another, your most recent national champion, are going to have a coach leave, and people then want to jump on and say college football's broken. Well, the part that... Boston College might be broken. uh, The ACC might be broken. Well, the part, though, that needs anything that can resemble any type of correction, if that's what you're looking for, or any type of setback on course, comes from the absolute very top, and who knows who is making those decisions. The NCAA, I feel like, is out to lunch. They will put stuff down on paper, they will hand out notice of allegations and whatnot, but where's the enforcement there? And then, okay, if we're making this more of a, okay, if this is a college football thing, do we can we give power to the college football playoff? Can they have someone that oversees just the college football playoff and the, the Power Five members alone, and they can enforce something? Again, all of these things are great in theory, but nobody is stepping up to really give that, that clear, concise direction and future of when it comes to how you're going to govern the new challenges that exist for all college uh, athletic programs? Nobody will, and I don't know if that's if we're waiting for that new subdivision. I, I don't know. The rate we're going, we could have a, a
1: breakaway of the Big Ten and the SEC by 2025, and then you'll get some. Then you'll get some leadership. Then you'll get that some direction. Not, that will not be happening. Is it worth it? I, I, I'd sign up to be the Boston College head coach. Pays well. Yeah the head coach of a power five program, I just, I just think Boston college, it, there's going to be schools that are going to say, man, can I compete? Can I compete in the new day of college athletics? Can I play big boy college football? Mm-hmm. And when you're sitting in the ACC or the big 12, when it comes to football, man, you probably ask that question out loud a little bit yep. longer.
0: Yep. Yeah, There's, there's no doubt. I mean, do you have the resources that will keep you competitive that you're going to be actively involved in the college football playoff conversation, even with an expanded playoff, year in and year out. And when your, your presence in that playoff maybe comes less and less, and what that does on the back end financially to what you're trying to accomplish to, to stay up to, up to speed with everyone else in the SEC and the Big Ten. And if that's where we're going to start to measure what programs are going to be into, again, this – potential new breakaway conference, it's going to be a big part of it, is not just the money that you can bring up, the revenue and everything that you can bring up, but also what is your overall competitive level too? All right, Kyle tweets in, if college football coaches start leaving for the uh, USFL, then we have a problem. Ooh.
1: But I just assume almost all coaches would rather be in the NFL than college.
0: I don't know about that. I think older coaches, I- it can be intriguing because there is that, I, I know recruiting really does, it, it exhausts a lot of coaches to an extent. So recruiting is the one thing. I mean, you've heard a lot of, you've heard NFL coaches talk about all the time. i don't have to recruit. Well, now you have to not only recruit, but you have to re recruit too. So I think that's, that's part of it. I think it's tougher if you've been in the NFL and you come
1: down to college. Yeah. I think you're always thinking about, man, that NFL looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. But there've been a lot of starting college, go to the NFL. It doesn't work out. Now you could probably come back to college, like a Matt rule. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think once you're in the NFL, the NFL life is pretty good and you should stay in the NFL. But the guys that come down to college like Halfley are like, man, that NFL world is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you always be an NFL guy if you start in the NFL.
0: Yeah.
1: Other than starting in college and going to the NFL and you have a bad experience, the college is still there for you.
0: Well, you ju- what do you, you adjust in your profession? I don't think there's going to be a mass
1: exodus. Remember, the thing about all of this conversation is because this was the thing, well, this is going to start a mass exodus. The, the mass exodus might be more towards the retirement line than the NFL. Yep. You've got to have offers. We can't just say, well, that guy's going to the NFL. You've got to be offered a job. Mm-hmm. The, the NFL offer's got to be there for you to say, well, the guy's going from college to the NFL.
0: Right. Yeah, we always said, well, Lincoln Riley's going to be going to the NFL. Okay, you who? Know, no one ever said that. Uh, you, you always hear about the next hot young coach. Of oh well you know hey there's one one point where Matt Campbell Matt Campbell's gonna be an NFL guy all right well has there been organizations that have like expressed their interest in him just because you maybe fit a certain profile yeah we we always just assume well he might stay here for a while but boy there could always be that NFL itch you're right I, I don't think we always assume that that is a that's a two way street there of well. 32 teams, out of the 32 teams, there's going to be at least three or four yeah. that would want him. Lombardi greater than the crystal ball. That's what
1: Harbaugh told you. He got the crystal ball, he wants the Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Lombardi greater than the crystal ball. I thought you were talking about Vince. I thought you were talking about Mario. Mm, no. <laughs> there's, I mean, it's... I mean, I well, get what, would be, it, what would be funny out of all this is if Belichick is hired as the Boston college coach for a year. That's what I was waiting to see. Well, he's, hey, he's, hey, he's, li- he's very familiar have, with that area. Then not have to change addresses. Yeah. We're moving on to Clemson. Oh. Any question about the Tigers? Uh, Nathan writes in. Uh, good to hear his dad last night. Uh, it's been said that any more a college coach's job is 80% recruiting, 20% coaching. The NFL, it's reversed, uh, and recruiting is replaced by man management. That's a great mm-hmm. way to describe it. It uh, just depends on which uh, brand of ego you want to be in charge of. Some people like to be in charge of everything. Yes. Some people get lucky and they're, they are the bigger than their athletic department or their university and they go to the NFL and they are bigger than their GM or anybody else except for maybe the owner. Like Harbaugh, Harbaugh has mastered that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Harbaugh was bigger than the University of Michigan. Yep, And he is right there with Spanos in his new five-year, $16 million a year deal. With the Chargers,
0: Bill Belichick was a rare one, which is probably what led to his time in New England uh, being done. But I don't think a lot of organizations want to get into that either. It takes it takes a certain type of person where you are willing to do that. And I mean, even Bill O'Brien with the autonomy that he had with the Houston Texans and you know personnel decisions and everything that went with that. I think it was kind of around the time that his tenure with Houston had ended where you saw a lot of that across the, the league where they're like, no, nah, that's it, – it's it's going to be somebody very, very rare, and I don't know if that person exists. And at the time you had that other guy that is now with the Chargers was in the college game again. But I, I just – I don't know if there are any – if there's any other person, whether it be in college or the NFL – that organizations are happy with. I think that's why Bill Belichick's not being hired this cycle. See, I also
1: think there's part of this, of, of coaches, and, and these are the really, really good coaches that are people, pe- people, people, peoples, um, <laughs> people persons, that relate better to the 18 to 23-year-old kid than they do to the 24 to 40-year-old mm-hmm. who might make more money than you. Yeah. And you feel like you can impact younger lives where you can be more impactful... As a college coach, then in the NFL, you are, as Nathan has a great line, just man-managed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, again, college is not for everyone in the coaching profession. The NFL is not for everyone in the coaching profession. But I'm not thinking that this is a mass exodus because the Boston College head coach left to go be a D.C. I think he left because Boston College has some issues. And he's a guy that, if he didn't have another good year, he'd be out of a job. When this job came along, who wouldn't want to be the defensive coordinator of the Packers? You got Matt LaFleur. Yeah. You got Jordan Love. You got you got a team that's on the rise. Yeah,
0: you got a pretty strong future there. Huh. Yeah, it, and that's the other part about this. I understand where people are perked up right now because of what has happened this last month between Saban, Harbaugh, And now you look at what happened yesterday. But they're all all different. Absolutely. And that's my point. He was 72. Wanted
1: to retire. Yep. Wanted to play golf with uh, 50-cent and Travis Scott.
0: (laughs) And And, boogie board. And and boogie board. Show uh, off his
1: dad bod like Pat Mahomes.
0: Harbaugh, you always knew that was going to be his desire. It was all about the timing. When could he get back into the NFL and what type of opportunity could he find? He found it. And then Halfley, I, I agree with you. If you start... In the NFL, this is where your professional teaching and career begins. You're used to certain things in that realm, in that world. You come back to college giving it a try because you know, probably for something that you brought up there too and, and other reasons, you know what? You want to help teach and develop younger players, better the game. Yeah. But I wonder if you asked Jeff Halfley, were you always going to be a lifer in college football? Even if, let's say, Boston College was, was doing just fine. You know, he was well above 500 in his time at at Boston Mm -hmm. College. If you asked him honestly, I I bet a lot of those guys, and and it wouldn't shock me if Halfley Mm -hmm. said, yeah, the the desire to to get back in the NFL was always there. Again, once an NFL guy, always an NFL guy. And it's about
1: timing. See, college football should be worried if the Dan Lannings and the Lincoln Rileys who are in their upper 30s all of a sudden start jumping in the NFL away from places where they get they got the NIL is yep. rolling. They can recruit. Right. That's where you get really, really concerned. But, co- but college athletics in general, boundaries and guardrails needed immediately. Mm-hmm. All right. Update with Jimmy coming up. Also, we got some really sad news. I, I, and I can't believe i waited this long to deliver this uh, very, very sad news. Uh, DePaul has been eliminated from Big East title contention. Jimmy's got an update coming up next. You've worked hard for what you
0: have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.